Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, guys. Hey, you know how Jerry says that uh, he wishes Romo uh, would have been a Super Bowl champion with him, and that's his biggest regret? Um, I, I got to be honest, man. It, it, I had the same feeling with uh, with those guys, Kingsler, uh, Young, and all those guys on that on that team. A little choked up yesterday, man. Is you know, I'm glad we have the championship, but it still hurts. This is Ben and Skin on 97.1 The Freak. All right, that's a great callback to yesterday when we had Michael Young and Ian Kinsler in studio for two hours. Wow! If you missed it, go back and listen to the the podcast. That's why you should have the iHeart app. You can stream. You can download podcasts. You can also win tickets. We got tickets we're going to give away later in the show involving that app. So if you don't have that app, get that app. But, dude, yesterday was legendary. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorite interviews we've ever done in our 20-plus year history. It's great. And it was <clears throat> it was hard. Uh, first of all, just so much love and respect and reverence for those two guys. They just don't do things like this for you. I've never seen them do this together. It was it was mind blowing. There's and um, I found it was hard to be in the interview uh, and asking questions because I was on the edge of my seat with almost every answer. And so I'm just sitting there going, "Wow, oh God, I got to ask a question." Uh, it was just really really compelling stuff. And we had a film crew in. And we will post the entire interview on our YouTube channel uh, once it's done, once it's all edited down. And it's YouTube.com slash Ben and Skin. YouTube.com slash Ben and Skin. Do us a favor. Go follow that account. Subscribe. I don't know what the terminology is for YouTube or whatever. But we'll get it all posted there so you can actually see what it was like uh, as we did that two-hour interview in studio. Yeah, and because we're going to have Jordan Lewis in studio at noon today to kick off the Super Sports Nooner, that will probably probably go long so we're going to move some stuff around we'll have the today game in the next segment before that we'll have some love shack and finally answer the question what's in heidi klum's sex closet uh but we're keeping the cowboy stuff going if you didn't hear the breaking news dan quinn the defensive coordinator for the dallas cowboys is taking the washington commander's head coaching job so again a great day to have jordan lewis in studio he was on that defense, a part of that defense, and we'll try to get to the bottom of all of that. But there were several comments that have been made publicly recently, and we have some Cowboy audio to sift through. Some Jerry Jones we'll get to in a moment, but also some Micah Parsons. He did, what is the name of his podcast? You know, off the top of your mm, head. I don't. Look that up, please, Strip Mall. Uh, but he finally dropped his podcast, and, you know, we <laughs> should play the, uh, what, how could I forget? It's the edge. Ah, yes. The edge. He's Boner. edging over there. Um, and he finally dropped it. And it's been, what, several weeks now since Cowboys season ended. I guess two and a half. Is that one and a half? Whatever. Uh, so let's play this first clip, Ben, because it probably kind of makes us understand why it took him a while to drop this podcast. You know, it, it's sad, man, that you lose the way you do, especially at home. 
talking about how much we played at home, uh, how much it stood for us to be at home and to go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. So, you know, I couldn't even look at that loss or feel any type of way because of how embarrassed I felt. I felt, you know, man, it was just, honestly, it, it took me a while to even be able to show my face in the public. I, like, disappeared, like, completely. So, you know. All right. I love stuff like this because I love it when the players care. And yesterday when we had Ian Kinsler and Michael Young in studio, that's one of the things that's, that stayed with me, as I wish everyone could have been there just to see how they felt about 2010 and 2011. Like it was, I was scared to kind of bring it up and then I could see how touchy it was when Ian Kinsler talked about how much he hated the angels or how much he hated players that were on other teams. Mm-hmm. Like you, you want that. You can't, you can't pay for that. Like you can't coach it. People either have it or they don't because in pro sports, once a guy gets paid, you know, some guys are just like, sweet, I might do that. Hey, man, I'm rich now. I, I made it. I don't have to be competitive. I don't have to have an edge. So if you get the guys who can get paid and still have that edge, Micah Parsons was humiliated by the loss, and he didn't even want to show his face in public. I love that. I love this dude, and I love that mentality. Yeah, uh, Michael yesterday was talking about connecting with people that just compete harder than anyone. And I was thinking about he has got a love for Russell Westbrook that most basketball fans don't have. You know, people will watch Russell Westbrook and they'll go, oh, ball hog, or they'll say all this stuff. But guys that play, what they talk about with Russell Westbrook is nobody goes harder than that dude. Like he goes 100% all the time, every time. Never takes a playoff, never takes a game off. And that is a super special thing to be that competitive and that driven. And I do get the sense that Micah Parsons is of that ilk. Like, he's never going to take a playoff. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, that's why he's... We'll get into some of this Jerry Jones stuff in a minute, but that's why he's going to get the bag and they are going to go all in because... Uh, that's the way he's wired. And when you do draft a guy like that, I can remember when they drafted Micah Parsons, there were some bad stories out of Penn State. And I think since then, all those have kind of been um, chalked up to youth and immaturity. He hasn't been that guy here. Uh, but also, I remember going, why did we draft a linebacker this high? But dude, he's a game-changing player. He should have been drafted in the top five. Mm-hmm. And they got that guy. And once you get a guy like that, you can't let him go. Uh, the other quote we have from him, uh, let's talk about him leaving it all on the table, exactly what we're talking about. I'm at complete peace, you know, yeah, and and I say that because I don't think I could have done anything more to try to uh, win that game. And, and that comes to watching film with the other guys in the room, saying what I'm seeing, being vocal out there on the field. Um I was completely at peace because I know I don't have no regrets about how I performed or what I put into the game. And, uh, you know, and I appreciate what really matters. Okay, so this is interesting. After And, and again, it's rare that the superstar is doing a podcast by himself, like not even being interviewed, mm-hmm. 
But it's rare that a guy just tells you everything on his mind. A guy of this caliber, a guy at, at this high of a quality player. And so it's awesome, but it also could create some headaches for him or the Cowboys or what have you. And so there's this guy, Dov Kleiman. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He's an NFL writer. And he retweeted that clip you just heard and he said wild cowboys micah parsons seemingly implies the blame should be put on his teammates for their loss against the packers because he said i'm comfortable with what i did i'm at peace i know there's nothing more i could have done so this guy's saying oh you're comfortable with what you did so it's not on you it's on your teammates huh Mm -hmm. well micah retweets him and says lol that's what you took you are delusional I wanted to blame if if I wanted to blame a particular person, I would have said that. Like I stated, we lost as a team, but I do not lose sleep saying I wish I gave more effort on a play. I gave everything I had. Uh, know your best ain't good enough sometimes. Yeah, it's and that gets to that whole thing of like ah, you know choose your words wisely. And uh, KT brought this up the other day when I was listening to their show, The Downbeat, every morning from 6 to 10. When, after their playoff loss two years ago, Dak went out there and started blaming the officials. And Mike McCarthy was blaming the officials. It's like, I get being frustrated and caught up in the moment, but that's a bad look. We've talked about this a million times. I wish, and I bet Romo wishes he had re-said what he said after they lost in Philadelphia. It's like there's truth in what he's saying. It's just not the right tone. It's not the right time. It's not the right place. Jay Kidd fell into it too, right? Did he say Jay nobody Kidd died? falls into it every other game. Like, Jay, I, I feel like I know what Jason Kidd is trying to say, but when I hear him on that podium, I'm like, that's going to go really bad, dude. Like, everything you're saying right now, and then it kind of gets into the whole idea of does it does fan outrage on Twitter matter? And I think it does if it gets to a boiling point where the ownership group goes, oh, my God, I'm losing my fan base, right? Like, if enough people just freak out, but we've always talked about this with the Cowboys. They're the most valuable franchise in history. So... It, when when people start going, I'm boycotting the Cowboys. They don't. Everyone still buys right. the jerseys. Everyone still the uh, stage stadium is always sold out, and the ratings are still through the roof. What about all the guys that left the NFL because the players took a knee? And I'll never right. watch another game. So it's like for Jerry Jones, the Twitter outrage has never mattered ever, and I think we have. Uh, audio proof of that. We can get to it in a second. I don't want to leave talking about Micah if you still want to talk about There's Micah. There's still tons to yeah, get okay. to. All right, so I didn't pull all this audio, but I have some other, there's some other quotes from it, and there's some other tweets that he said he said to add on to all this. Micah Parsons said, once y'all realize the game of football takes all 48 players willing to put the team before themselves and focus actually on winning. Once y'all okay, so I think he was trying to say, I need y'all to realize that, or once you realize that, you'll understand something else. He said the narrative of the game is dictated by one or three players is so overrated. So he's saying it's not just one or three guys. It's not why are you always worried about what I'm doing? It takes everyone. He says everyone's play is dictated on everyone doing their job. So please shut the F up. 
Is that? Do you th- I thought I saw some of that, and it was related to Dak talk. Yeah, he, there was a lot of Dak talk going yeah. on out there. He was trying to jump it on that. And I've said this many times. Football is just amazing to me. To get 11 people to do their job exactly right every single play just blows my mind. He also uh, commented on this thing where, uh, you know, Jerry Jones saying we're going all in. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says they're talking about how we're going all in this year. Man, that's what I would hope for. I'm 24 years old. I've been in this league three years, and I've kind of seen it all. <laughs> I love Mike Parsons, but he says some crazy ass, dude. Uh, come on, man. He's seen it all in he, his three years. Okay. He says, uh, I hope we go all in. I hope we go out and get the players that we're missing because we didn't do that this year. I hope that we challenge ourselves to become better and become greater for us. Okay, so this is directly saying, I hope we're all in because we didn't address our needs. And again, you you can take this with a grain of salt. I've been around sports talk and we've got relationships with the athletes and we know their family members. Personally, for me, I think there's something to these family members getting loud. And we got Jordan Lewis in studio today. We'll ask him his thoughts on all this. But... When C.D. Lamb's mom is commenting on Dak or Micah Parsons' brother is commenting on Micah or who was the other one? There was another one, wasn't there? There was another family member that was getting loud in the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Uh, it was Dak's brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tad. Which I thought was a direct response to C.D.'s mom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think there's something to that. It doesn't mean that it's all like, okay, that uh, Micah Parsons' brother is basically saying exactly what Micah thinks, but I promise you it's very informed by that. And a lot of times the family members are able to be more aggressive and say the things that the players just can't say. Mm-hmm. And basically, Mike, I'm watching Micah Parsons' brother now. He's retweeting the things Micah Parsons said in his podcast and saying, yep, that's what I was trying to tell people. That's what I tried to tell people. And so... It's essentially they're having conversations personally, and then Micah's saying it on his podcast one way and his brother's tweeting about it or whatever, but they're talking. Mm -hmm. And so it's surprised me to see Terrence Parsons kind of trash Dan Quinn a little bit and, you know, basically saying, hey, like Terrence Parsons said, um, we need a defensive tackle and a linebacker. And so if Micah Parsons is saying we didn't go get the players we need, and so if... They need a defensive tackle, and they don't like Mozzie Smith. They don't think he's the guy, and there wasn't another linebacker after Vander Esch got hurt. I mean, I don't think Terrence Parsons is just making this stuff up. I think it's very informed by his relationship uh, with his brother. And uh, so this guy says, um, "Tell this is before Dan Quinn accepted the job to be the commander. If, you didn't, if you're tuning in now and you missed this, Dan Quinn is now the head coach of the commanders. He's gone. He's no longer the Cowboys DC. But this guy had said, hey, tell Dan Quinn just to come back home. Why are you going to go to Washington? You'll be looking for a job in two years anyways. Just sit tight. Um, yada, yada, yada. Who's saying that? I'm sorry. That's this guy. I guess his name is Jay Tuck that I guess Terrence Parsons does a podcast with or whatever. They're oh. always interacting with one another. And Terrence Parsons says all he really needs to do is take a hard look at himself and make minor adjustments to the defense. It's easily fixable when you have the right personnel. But he has Terrence Parsons has had some some pretty harsh criticism for Dan Quinn. 
And there's all this talk about should Micah be at linebacker? Should he be at defensive end? Uh, Micah Parsons was even saying in his podcast, look, I, 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 I can only play what is called. I don't make the play call. Mm-hmm. I can only play what is called. And so, again, Terrence Parsons is blasting that out there going, man, I don't know why pe- more people aren't talking about this. I don't think they understand the game. Why are they talking about my brother? Let's talk about the defensive plays that are called. And so, anyways, it's not a big love letter to Dan Quinn. Right. And I'm following all that. And so it just makes me scratch my head and wonder how Micah truly feels about this. I'm sure he loves him. Mm-hmm. He's helped him a lot. But clearly Micah is dissatisfied with the personnel needing other guys to be added. And he's seems to be somewhat disappointed in how he's being used. Yeah. And I, and I think they're all disappointed because they just got their asses kicked all up and down the field. Like on one hand... You can't say, well, we don't have the personnel, and then on the other hand say, see, but if you use the personnel right, we would have won. Like he's, they're speaking out of both sides of their mouths. And that happens when you get humiliated. And that's the toughest thing, especially when you have more people in the mix, is to get everybody pulling together, to galvanize them. Because what a lot of people do, especially young people that have quote-unquote seen it all, They tend to push themselves away, right? I did everything I could. It's not on me. Uh, And that happens. And that's tough because it's very tough. Luca goes through this. It's very tough to be a 24-year-old with that much attention on you, Mm -hmm. right? And you never know what's going on in someone's personal life or their family life or what they are dealing with. Uh, And so then it becomes even more amplified if their family members are speaking on things. It can be it's a it's a really tough thing to expect young people to navigate, which is why I'm so impressed with how Dak Prescott handles all of this. He's very rarely stepped in it. Very rarely. Uh, And he was given a starting quarterback job as a fifth round. What was he? A fifth, fourth round pick as a rookie. So uh, it's an ongoing conversation. I would like to get to this Jerry Jones audio, though, because I think it's amazing. And I think it speaks to I was listening to it and I sort of had an epiphany as to why they're okay with Mike McCarthy. This is Jerry Jones from two days ago talking about uh, where they are with the franchise. Um, I thought we made a pretty good move four years ago when we hired Mike McCarthy. And he's had some great uh, end-season success. Now, he's come up short three times. Three times and advanced us in the playoff. Okay? But I like the fact that he's hanging around the rim. And I like what the team has done to uh, to hang around the rim. So I think um, uh, what the answer that I would have is that I'm aware that we're hanging around the rim. Uh, We're not getting the ball in, but we're hanging around the rim. Uh, Let's don't uh, uh, discount hanging around the rim. And uh, where we are right now with the players we've got. And I'm thinking about it from the whole, whole look. All right, that has not been edited. He said hanging around the rim that many times. And so... I'm assuming that's going to be on a shirt. But as I'm listening to this, I realized why he's so wowed by hanging around the rim and what hanging around the rim means to him. And that is because their organization is so complacent. They accepted nine and a half years of Garrett, who never had them hanging around the rim. And every year they went back and go, well, we're eight and eight or we're nine and seven, you know. I mean, look around, uh, you know, it's hard to be 500. 
And so they accepted that for a decade. A decade. And then he just says it. I like what he's done in four to- in four years here. What, we fail three times? But they're they're closer. They're way closer to where they were with Garrett when they were nowhere close. And they're I'm, closer? What do you mean? His, after having a decade, a decade, a decade of Garrett, which, what did he have, three playoff trips? I think it was. Three losses, whatever. To him, if you've gone with and you thought Garrett was what you wanted and you have that for a decade, Mike McCarthy seems like an effing revelation. Mm-hmm. Now, even though they have yet to be prepared collectively to do well in the playoffs, which is what Cowboy fans care about and what media tends to care about, it's so much better than what they accepted of a decade of Garrett in Jerry Jones's mind were hanging around the rim. Where, to me, hanging around the rim is what the Chiefs do. They're in the conference title game every year. Right. Well, That's hanging around the rim. I don't know. I think they're tomahawk dunking. Uh, he's making a basketball reference, right? Yes. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. Um, Get your yeah, put back. Yeah. I, I've, I feel like uh, I know what he's saying. He's saying that he doesn't want to rebuild. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you gut it and you rebuild, you're not in the conversation. You basically take three to five years out of being in the spotlight and rebuild it the right way. He don't want to do that. He wants to always be in the conversation. Look at the valuation of the Dallas Cowboys franchise. It's through the roof. It's incredibly valuable. I just am able to look at McCarthy and Garrett and all that separately. And uh, whatever happened in the past, look, you can go all the way back to 96 or whatever since then and say, man, this they they need Jerry Jones, the owner, needs to fire Jerry, the GM, all, all that. I just do think they are close right now, and they are hanging around the rim. And that's why I wonder... Why it does anything for Jerry to uh, reference uh, Belichick, which he did. Uh, And I don't have audio of this. I just have the quote. This was news this morning. The Cowboys just keep giving us delicious news. Um, Jerry Jones about Bill Belichick uh, because he was asked if the Cowboys are looking for a new head coach in 2025. Would Jerry Jones consider Belichick? He said, I know him personally and I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. And then he circled back again and said, none. (laughs) He said none twice. And then he said, we're only going to go as far as Dak takes us, but I'm not going to talk about his contract. It's just Jerry 101. I think he's he's so far away from understanding what hanging around the rim is. Getting your ass kicked in the divisional round every year if you make the playoffs. I, I just don't think it is. But... We know what's coming back. We don't know who the defensive coordinator is yet. They may promote from within. Michael Gelkin suggesting Joe Witt Jr., who's the passing game coordinator, defensive coordinator, might be in the mix. But Dan Quinn will accept the head coaching job with the Washington Commanders. He gone. Jordan Lewis is in studio with us in one hour. So that will be awesome. All right, coming up next in the Love Shack, what is in Heidi Klum's sex closet plus the Today Game? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.